Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to a new show. Uh, my name is Human. I'm a radio DJ in San Francisco. Well, former radio DJ. Sitting on the couch next to me is Chris Kelly, the former chief privacy officer of Facebook and hey, now hey, hey. part owner of the Sacramento Kings. Uh, next is our dear friend Rudy, a comedian in the Bay Area. And finally, our producer, Bryn. Yo, yo, yo. And, yes, and so this is a podcast about cryptocurrency. Mm. And we have a few goals with this podcast. First, we want to be funny. More than at right, right, Rudy. Off the top, I mean, okay. there, there's humor. There's humor in everything. Right? Okay. I mean, Thanks. yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, secondly, we want to understand how cryptocurrency works, and we hope that if we understand, you'll understand. Right. That's the that's the end game here. Right. Trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> uh, third, we're going to invest in crypto. You're going to hear how we invest and how we're going to make money, and hopefully, you'll make money with us or you'll lose money with us. Mm. Right? It's important to add the disclaimer here that none of this is investment advice, (laughs) but you have to make your own choices. (laughs) Thank God Chris is here. This is not financial advice. (laughs) That's not what Human told me when he told me to write write him a check. So what's going on, Human? (laughs) Lastly, we haven't figured out the name of this show yet. So uh, before we bring on our first guest, we're going to talk about some of the names this show could be. So... uh, Rudy came up with the majority of these. I came up with one, and then Rudy's going to come up with a few more right now. So, uh, the Crypto Keepers. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, okay. Appropriate for Halloween. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Bloods and the Cryptos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't think we want to get get sideways either with the Bloods or the Crypts. You know, we don't um, pick a side, but you know, we incorporate it. Uh, the Fake Money Show. <laughs> no, you don't like that. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. that's what it is to me. I don't know what crypto is. So. Uh, Quid pro crypto. Oh, I like uh, that one. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, good and then uh, I think we came up with one on the phone on the way over. Uh, cryptology 101. Oh, cryptology 101. I think it was uh, three idiots and a genius. Oh yeah. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Chris, we'll, let, we'll let the no. We'll let the listeners pick. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell you who's who. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, we'll reveal the name later. Okay. So that's us. Are you guys ready to welcome our first guest? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we're not going to go with his real name. We're going to go with his, what what do we call it? Pseudonym. The pseudonym pseudonym name. That's right. What is it again? His alt. All right. Well, why don't you introduce (laughs) yourself? What's your pseudonym name, sir? Hello, everyone. My uh, name is Maxwell Constant. Maxwell Constant. Maxwell, give us a little bit of your background so people know that you're legit when it comes to crypto and investment. Uh, and like one minute of your resume and feel free to brag about yourself. Oh, Maxwell. perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I've been, I've been doing trading for the past 15 years. I started trading when I was 15 years old, wow. uh, made a lot of money trading stocks, uh, bought my first Lamborghini when I was 18, Jeez. went to school, uh, started trading FX, lost a lot of money there. <laughs> um, and then I tried, I started, uh, I tried my hand at trading commodities. I've traded gold, silver, wood. You know, uh, a variety of different things. And then lumber 20- lately. Yeah, lumber <laughs> lately. Right. Um, and 2017 hit crypto. Uh, I started trading crypto actively in 2018. So I've been doing that ever since. And uh, not only do I trade now, I also use computers to trade. So that's a little bit of my history. Hold on. A couple questions. Uh huh. You started in 2018, but we know that Bitcoin started roughly around 2009, right? Uh, roughly. Yeah. And why did you know about that back then and why didn't you jump on the bandwagon back then oh, oh i mean I, I knew about it way way back then i bought my first bitcoin in 2015 
And how much at what price? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, was, was like a hundred bucks yeah. for so, a whole Bitcoin. Yeah, how much is a whole Bitcoin today? Seven. Sixty thousand. Yeah, sixty thousand. So yeah, like yeah, around sixty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I, I actually sold my Bitcoin t- uh, for a dollars, and I thought I was a genius. So I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> ten times your money. Like yes, you're all good, 10x right? Ten x my mm-hmm. money. I'm out. You know. Oh, uh, you sold it? I sold it. I sold it. You but so, but. But no, no, but but I bought a ton again in 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 2017. I bought a ton of Ethereum. So a friend of mine from Stanford came in and was like, "Yo, like this you, is you, the next. This yeah. is the next one. This is the next Bitcoin." Should you get it at like a buck then? I got it at about uh, 15, 20 15, bucks. 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So uh, 4,500 4, today. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So hold on. Let's yeah. ask. Let's ask a couple more questions. Did you go to school? I did go to school. I went to UC Berkeley. Okay. Did you graduate? I did graduate. Oh, you did. Yeah. Why, Why did you graduate? Because uh, my parents told me to. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, so true. So true story. In my interview with Mark Zuckerberg to be the general counsel of Facebook, I asked him if his parents were bugging him to go back to school, and he said they kind of stopped now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think he's doing pretty good at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, it worked de- out all right. For does him. that degree do anything for you? A little bit. I mean, I, I took a couple of classes that still helped me today, but oh, beyond okay. that, I mean, everything was just you know just pure you know me. So it's it's less books and just more about learning by yourself. So crypto knowledge is is available to anybody who's willing to actually like do the work. You don't necessarily oh, have to be a, a scholar to figure this out. I mean the best the best college in the world is YouTube.com. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. Amazing well, we, access to knowledge yeah. and understanding and all sorts of crazy you right. know. World star videos, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. we're gonna um, learn more about you later, but let's let's talk about the heart of the show. We want you right now. For the three people who don't really understand crypto, Uh we want to break it down as simple and as explainable as possible. Perfect. So we understand it by the time this podcast is over. Okay. We might be here for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Keeping it down. So crypto... um, I mean, So let's say say I give you a thousand bucks. Great. Uh Okay. Then what happens? So so I I run what's called uh, an investment fund. Um, and as a part of that investment fund, I invest that thousand dollars. So unlike other things, what I do is I actually trade. So I use robots to trade multiple times a day. In fact, what we do is we actually trade over a hundred times a day. And I used to actually do that by hand, uh, cool. before I started, uh, working on computers and, uh, and when it comes to the computers, now they've taken over my job to a point where I don't have to do any kind of work anymore. So every single day I wake up and I ask my business partner, Hey, have we made more money? If the answer is yes, I go on with my day. If the answer is no, I'm like, why not? And if the explanation is good, I move on with my day. <laughs> <laughs> but what exactly is a cryptocurrency? Like, help us to understand w- what you would be doing with our thousand dollars. So, so I, I do something that's a little bit more different. But cryptocurrency in general is, you know, you think about it as, as a as a you know a decentralized form of uh, uh, money that stores value, similar to gold. So it's it's like basically internet gold, right? Like you, you, you can't quite touch it, feel it, but there's, you know, people value it and uh, you can trade it for stuff. So if you had a bar of gold or if you had one Bitcoin, you can go buy something with that bar of gold or something with Bitcoin. Just think about it that way. It's no harder than that. Uh, and so you don't have to make it any more complicated. You don't have to understand how the technology works, right? You don't know how gold is made. But yet, if I give you a gold bar, you'll take it. And people trust it because of the cryptographic proof that goes into the blockchain and the way that that, that it operates. Um, but but all you really have to know is that people trust it. Correct. That's yeah. the most important part, yeah. right? Because uh, you can hold gold and you trust that because it's physically in your hand as opposed to crypto, right? 
And so yeah. knowing that so, the smart people trust it is a huge factor. So what causes something to increase in value or decrease in value? Well, I mean, to, to, in my in my lens, right, it's just supply and demand, right? If the next guy is willing to pay more for it, right, it increases in value. If more people want it, it increases in value. And if less people want it, it decreases in value. So it's just as much of a demand question, right? It's just standard supply and demand. And the major exchanges and you know all sorts of other players are tracking the market value of all of these currencies Correct. in real time mm. um, by querying the blockchain. And you know there's all sorts of great organizations that 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 both the the, the banks and the trading platforms, Coinbase and Kraken, and you know who, who else? Who, where, what 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 do you use for for holding and trading at this point? Uh, we use a couple of different derivative exchanges. Okay. Um, and so we, we trade very complex contracts, but all you really need to know is, you know, it's no different than going on, uh, you know, TD Ameritrade and buying and selling. Oh, Robinhood is the yeah, popular Robin one, Hood. Right? Like it, Buying it, and selling. Robinhood has had a lot of crypto over yep, time. It's exactly. it was a significant part of their growth. Yeah. All right. Hold on. You guys. Rudy, do you understand anything? No, I, you know, here's the thing. I, you guys are you guys all sound like you know what you're talking about, but you guys <laughs> lost me like at blockchain and like at derivatives, and and that's okay because I knew that coming into this, and that's why my question to you, Maxwell, is why do you think that most of us, like myself included, you know, I'm sure you get this question all the time, like uh -huh. how how does crypto work? What is crypto? What do you think it is that people like me are missing? What is it that we don't understand uh, that that doesn't allow us to really grasp the concept of what crypto is? I think a lot of it is just kind of centered around uh, the the amount of information that exists out there. I think everyone's kind of confused because, you know, when you go on Bloomberg today, all you really see are three things, right? Like it's either Bitcoin is making an all-time high, Bitcoin is losing a ton of its value and mm -hmm. it's really volatile, or the fact that Elon is tweeting about it. Those are the only three things that the, the general public knows about crypto, right? So there's certain perceptions that we have about it. Uh, when in fact, you know, crypto is no different than any other asset or stock that you're trading or buying or selling. Just treat it like that, right? Like it moves up and down, right? And if you think it's going to move up, you buy it. If you think it's not going to go up, you sell it. It's really as simple as that. And Elon's getting lost in the dog coins right now. Yeah. The, the <laughs> Shiba is the new one. Dogecoin was out there before that. There's just all sorts of wildness going on on that front always. So this is digital gold. Correct. That's the easiest way for us to understand it. Absolutely. And I guess I, I guess we're wondering, like, what is preventing it from all losing all of its value overnight? Well, I mean, it's the fact that if it goes down, I don't know, 90 percent, Chris is going to buy a million dollars worth of it. <laughs> and it it's, it's a really interesting thing in terms of the way that that they're backstops at this point. And yeah. pe enough people who believe in it. It's a you know, it's a collective. It's as much a collective delusion as a, a fiat currency issued by government. I Correct. mean, in, 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 in a lot of ways. I mean, most exchanges that happen um, are, uh, are even if they're denominated in dollars, the dollars actually don't change hands. So this is just a further, you know, sort of tech technologically, you know, tr trading you know, part of the system. And this is why stable coins that are tied to, say, the U.S. dollar or the euro are really important for denominating the way that, that a lot of payments might get exchanged. And so the, the White House yesterday put out a policy paper for the first time in the Biden White House on stable coins and their regulation, which was a healthy move forward that actually calls for Congress to take more specific action about how they're going to regulate stable coins because they're worried about the effect that it could have on the economy. But more or less, I mean, the, 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 the possibility that these 
stable coins sit up there and the crypto other cryptocurrencies that, that that vary in value sit up there isn't necessarily a systemic risk to the economy at this point if it were a major part of the economy it might be and that's what they're worried about and, and there, there's a possibility that they could there could be some crazy crackdown yep. but even china's massive crackdown on cryptocurrencies has not destroyed their use in china it just all goes underground and in a free society, it's so much easier for them to stay above ground, even if they were more criticized by the government than they are here right now. Rudy, did you hear what he said? I heard all of that. He said, <laughs> Very he said, few of he said the, do the dollar is just as much good faith as a cryptocurrency dollar. So, so what are what's what's holding us back? I mean, from like just going completely digital in terms of our money. I mean, because I see a lot of places, sports venues, for example, that have uh -huh. been accepting cryptocurrency uh, along with. So we were the first. Bill. We were the first in the in the NBA to accept this payment right. for our season tickets. Talk about the Sacramento Big, Kings. Bitcoin, the Sacramento Kings, uh -huh. and and then we've been mining Ethereum in our data center. We've got a tier four data center in the arena. We've we've been mining Ethereum and donating it to a uh, local African American business empowerment organization for five years now four years nice. four years now um so like the, the and we we've been at the forefront of the nft revolution you know huge yeah. on nba top shot our players are huge on nba top shot uh -huh. which is fun um tyrese halliburton and davian mitchell is about to have his first uh moment minted um and we we, we put that as a as a uh a, a sort of a, a community vote on twitter yeah um to pick davian's first uh moment which i think that that'll be revealed in the next couple of weeks so let's let's uh ask a general question here if you were to guesstimate what percent of the united states is playing around with crypto right now i'd say a good 20 30 percent Okay, I, I'm not sure it's that high, but it's big. It's much bigger than people realize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so it, it 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 might be it might be ten or fifteen in my estimation, yeah, yeah. but it, but it's it, the sur I have a little bit of survey data on this yeah. because some of my folks in politics have gotten intrigued by crypto, uh -huh. and it's it, it's twenty five percent say that they're interested in it, uh -huh. and in doing it, and it's and I think it's about ten to fifteen percent have roughly. Okay, yeah. so if we, I'll have the next, I'll have the exact stats for the next. Uh, for if the next me, the three of us, Rudy, Bryn, myself, if we join, we're going to be in the first 15% of Americans. I'm with that. I like that. Yeah. You do? Okay. First 15% first works for me. Okay. So, uh, Maxwell, uh, <laughs> let's hear about some of your biggest successes. Like, prove to your, us right now that we should be giving you... Five or ten thousand dollars. Did you see his car? <laughs> that is proof enough. I don't even think P. Diddy has that that vehicle. You want to say what it was? No, I don't because I don't want to. Chris's driveway. I, yeah, and that's and that's all you need to know out there. <laughs> the Rolls Royce, everyone. All right, yeah. So tell us some of your business successes and like how many people invest with you and how much money you're controlling right now Can yeah i think i think i think yeah so the the biggest uh the the biggest success factor for us is you know really showing our numbers right so our, our numbers starting from january we've we've only had two down months um and to date we are up more than a hundred percent um and when we look at returns in our world of investments we're not just looking at the returns that you get in terms of absolute numbers. So we're not saying, oh, like you get 100% today. Uh, you have to also measure the risk, right? Because if Chris gives me a million dollars and I go bet it on red tomorrow in the casino, right? He's, he's either going to be very happy or he's going to be very angry, <laughs> you know? So, so, so there's no sort of what we call alpha. There's no edge in, 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 in that bet. Whereas for us, you know, there's a lot of edge. So the way that we, we measure edge is something called a sharp ratio. So that number is what we sort of 
uh, allows us to compare, you know, apples to oranges in the space. And so if you were to invest in the S&P 500, right, for over the course of three years, your sharp ratio would be about 0.75. So that means you're earning about 0.7 units, uh, 0.7 units of uh, return relative to one unit of risk that you're taking. Whereas for us, our sharp ratio is seven. So you get seven units of return for every one unit of risk that you're taking. Do you understand that, Rudy? No, no. (laughs) So it means means that they've effectively hedged a lot of the risk of of, of losing all of your capital. Now, now hedging, I understand because I I gamble Uh and I I, I know that term gets thrown around a lot. So this is where it's starting to make a little more sense. This is where the the, the trades that they do and the way that they put uh, money in the marketplace um, gets you know properly adjusted. Correct. And, and, right. Yeah. So so we're making very little bets a day. So we're making small amounts of bets a hundred times a day. So in the past uh, year, we've made over twenty thousand trades. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you were to ask me, well, twenty thousand trades, what's you would ask me, what's the win rate? Our win rate is sixty five percent. Okay. So so and when you do the math on that, you can't. That doesn't happen due to chance. Right. Right, it has to happen due to uh, uh, skill, skill, al- algorithmic you know, picks that are working, and, so, and adjustment when they're not. Yeah, sometimes. let me. I need you to do a sidebar with my boys, uh, Bryn. <laughs> after you hear Jimmy uh-huh. talk, do you feel secure about investing with him? Actually, just based on uh, my experience with Chris, I've already wanted to invest, and I have bought Ethereum, and this only solidifies it. So I'm, I'm super in. Okay. Yeah. Not only do I want to give Jimmy some money, but I think I'm going to jump on uh, a gambling app and probably just start betting on some basketball tonight. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel compelled all of a sudden. I'm just going to bet red tonight. Let's go red. <laughs> all right. So we, uh, to balance this out, we need to hear some of your failures. Uh, some of my failures. So when I was 24. Uh, How old know, are you now? Uh, 32. Oh, sorry. I called him by his real name. Can you bleep that out? Oh, shit. Uh, Maxwell. Some of your. So, yeah, one of my biggest failures when I was 24, I, I lost a lot of money uh, trading the for, foreign exchange markets. FX is what they call it. Uh, okay. You know, in FX, you know, because, you know, if you were trading the US dollar, it moves pennies at a time. So you have to use a ton of leverage to make money. Right. Um, and so I was using way too much leverage. And if it shifts too fast, you're just screwed. It does. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, you know, like my net worth, you know, went down 80% in a Oof. matter of like, uh, weeks. Oof. Uh, and then, so, so from there, uh, I had to basically learn risk management, right? That's one of the biggest things when you're trading. That's why they say, you know, 95% of traders lose money. Mm. Uh, and that's why whenever I meet people, I always say, look, you're going against guys like me who have a lot more information, who are doing this 24-7, you should not be trading. You should be investing. Buy, buy and hold. You should be buying and holding. Yeah. That's one of the best strategies. Hodl. Yeah, hodl. So, Maxwell, you're immediately telling people you're not gonna, you're not at my level. That's what you're saying, right? Uh, I'm just saying I do this for, uh, for a full time. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you, you ask a basketball player. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, I mean, you're not, you don't want to play against a basketball player, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how it works. Yeah, so. Yeah. so what does it take to get to your level in that case? Let's say somebody, let's say somebody takes your advice and says, okay, no, this guy's right. Let me just stick to buying and holding. But how do you get to that level? Uh, to, to, to be a full-time trader, I mean, I think you really have to have a ton of patience because, you know, it, there's a very fine line between gambling and trading. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes it looks the same. Uh, you have to really have like a system. Uh, and so a lot of it is just kind of experience. So when you're trading um, and you're saying that you handpicked before and you're actually doing it manually. Correct. Were you looking at charts or were you looking into the, the you know, 
to how how credible it was on the internet based on you know the insiders and stuff. Yeah, like so I'm 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 called what you I'm what you call a technical trader. So I look a lot less at the news and just more at some you know numbers that I can understand and see patterns in. Uh, and so a great example of that is you know when Bitcoin was uh, uh, at sixty three, it was at an all time high back in April, right? And I remember this very vividly. It was because it was two days after my birthday. Uh, you know, I get this report. So there's a bunch of technical indicators that are telling you that Bitcoin might be going down, right? And I'm looking for what's called a nail in the coffin, right? Like if this one already enough, what's what's the nail in the coffin that's going to make me convinced that this is going to go down? And so one of the OTC desks that uh, it's it basically it's it's a trading desk that we work with. This desk sends us a report every now and then, right? And this is information that's not available to the public, right? And and we see this report and it profiles all these individuals. You see right at the top, hedge funds are selling at one to two. So every one unit of buying, there's two units of selling. Mm. But retail at that level is buying nine to one. And so and 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 the biggest thing was OTC, which is where all the big guys go to trade. It doesn't show up in the market price. They were selling at one to five. That's that's where all the large transactions are happening. So if all the big guys are selling at one to five, guess what do you do? You sell. Yeah. Right. And that's information that's not available to the public. Yeah. So, OK, how many cryptocurrencies are there right now? Uh, way too many to yeah. count. Seriously. Is it? I mean, yep. is it more than 100? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like thousands. Of thousands. Just, can anyone start one? How did, how did pr- they even pr- come to pr- be? Pretty much. Not necessarily legally. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but any it's it's actually fairly easy to set up a token with ERC, what's called an ERC 20 token, um, technically. Uh, and, and that's, there's a standard on the Ethereum chain that allows you to set up these tokens. And so a lot of organizations have done them. Um, yep. the, the question of whether or not they're securities and thus you have to register them is, is a, a one that, that I think is probably going to be determined by a lot of SEC enforcement. Yeah. Um, when people lose money. Right. Yep. So, okay. So you're saying right now there's thousands and thousands of tokens. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, all right, let's, let's, uh, what's your end goal here? Do you have a philanthropic bone in your back? Hey, Max, oh. Maxwell. Maxwell. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Maxwell, what's your end goal here? Do you have a philanthropic bone in your body? Like, what are you hoping to achieve? I mean, I think right now, you know, I, I like so I was fortunate enough to, to to retire by the time I was 27, and I came out of retirement for crypto. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, this is challenging, so I'll go ahead and do it, uh, see what I can make of it. So I have, I, I've given myself a couple of years uh, for me to be able to kind of work on this and really challenge myself. And then from there, I always tell people this is more my, more my hobby. Uh, you know, the, my real thing is I'm trying to figure out what it is I want to do with my time that's going to be good for good for the world. So, How's this? Are we wasting your time right now? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. I love talking. To <laughs> These sort of good discussions are one of the things that, that that's great that when you when you sort of have good fortune. Yeah, um, that you want to engage in a lot more and figure out how how do you spend your time? Yeah, I mean, right now I, I you know I work with small not for profits locally, so I, I do I try to make local impact. And over time, you know, a big part of it is well, how do I use you know what the resources that I have to be able to you know help people uh, on a bigger scale. Yeah, and and this is one of the things that I mean I think that tech gets a bad rap for you know people kind of as everybody's focused on currently you know just making the most money i i found it it's a lot more sophisticated than that i mean elon's taken gruff today for yeah the world food program went after him and said all we need is six billion dollars in donation will solve world hunger and he's like okay well i'll sell six billion dollars in tesla stock 
um, and and provide all the money if there's public accounting for all of this, mm. which I think is exactly the right answer. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and the guy should have just said deal, but he didn't. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> one of those why, things. Why would you say no to that? I mean, uh, that's table. exactly right. It's like, why would you say no to that? Like, what, what, you know, like work it out. And and the problem is that there's, in, unfortunately, in a lot of the government and the 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 kind of you know world civil society community, there's this hostility towards business that. I just don't understand in a lot of circumstances. And I, I thought Elon's answer was perfect. Mm-hmm. And and the right answer was then, okay, let's get these two guys in the room and work out what the accounting standards are. Because yep. Elon would do it. He would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, along those lines, you did bring up Elon. Uh, simple question, is crypto unethical? I don't see why it would be. Is crypto unethical? No, no. I think that there are externalities that aren't completely factored into things, but I think that they're being addressed by the community right now. So Absolutely. The, the, the criticism on Bitcoin is that the electricity that it generates because it's proof of work instead of proof of stake is immense and and is you know electricity that that is is gobbling up all of the renewable energy that's come renewable energy that's coming online right now effectively um that's in in on ethereum that's about to be addressed permanently and quickly mm-hmm. um by a shift to what's called proof of stake instead of proof of work for how you mine you know eth coins um you know bitcoin is going to have to figure out how it reckons with that over time but there's a lot of interesting in, intriguing um uh uh plans and business plans that I've seen for Bitcoin mining that are using excess energy from, you know, oil fields where they currently burn off uh, natural gas that's that's uh, that's uh, uh, generated as part of the uh, part of the 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 oil uh, the oil extraction process. Right. So what, what they do right now they're, they're called flares. They just burn off that natural gas. And so they're what the proposal that I've seen from this business is well we're going to put Bitcoin mining rigs right there to use the natural gas <laughs> to mine Bitcoin and then put it on the network. And it's very probable. I've seen some incredibly profitable mining businesses that are based on using you know non traditional sources of energy that are currently waste energy in mm-hmm. other places to make Bitcoin a bit more environmentally sustainable. But ETH is about to solve this problem in its entirety, like in a month or two when the next merge happens. Rudy, you lost? Brian, you lost? Well, no, I mean, I, I kind of am, <laughs> but I'm hanging on, and, and I hope, hopefully you guys can answer this question for me because I love the question, but I'm also I'm so far behind the eight ball. I need to know why do people even consider, what, what's the argument for uh, cryptocurrency being unethical? I'll, I'll tell you why, one. Why do I'll tell you one that I've heard. And you guys tell me, with crypto, you can buy things that you wouldn't normally be able to buy with so, regular dollars. So, okay. so, so Silk Road was yeah. the big case that started initially. And actually, Katie Hahn, who runs crypto for Andreessen Horowitz now, was a federal prosecutor who went after the Dread Pirate Roberts, who was running Silk Road, which allowed you to buy drugs, you know, hits on people. I mean, he went to jail for for buying hits on. What about missiles? Could he buy missiles? Absolutely, you can buy arms. Like you can do anything. all these different things. And this is all untraceable. It's the the theory is that it's untraceable. But the interesting thing about the way that the you know, blockchain technology works is that you actually can trace it. You might not okay. be able to identify who has the address at the end, right, right? But you can actually absolutely trace all of the transactions. And that's the argument for it being. And that's unethical. exactly. And so, okay. and Katie actually is part of prosecuting that case. Um, you know, they eventually tra- tracked down this guy, Ross, in San Francisco, like where he was he was running this whole like 
multi, you know, I think it may have been a billion dollars plus in transactions, you know, all those, like every bad thing you can imagine. Oh, <laughs> and they tracked him down like in the San Francisco library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, But one of the things that they found as part of that case was that the secret service agents who had been on it, because it's money and secret service you know, deals with you know, some of the financial transactions. Um, a couple of, or maybe I forget if it was FBI or secret service, like a couple of the agents on the case were stealing Bitcoin as oh. they, as they found it. And so she prosecuted them too. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're in jail too all right so listen we're at the 30 minute mark i want to wrap this thing up but i want to wrap it up this way uh maxwell (laughs) uh, (laughs) what's the least well what's on average how much do people like when they invest with you how much do they give you normally um our our minimum check size is probably a lot more than what we're gonna get yeah (laughs) yeah. our our minimum check size is is, is a quarter million dollars all right so yeah (laughs) i told you we should have brought more (laughs) (laughs) i got 50 bucks (laughs) all right so what what we want to do with this podcast is we want to give you some of our money for bitcoin (laughs) (laughs) we want to give you some of our money and then we want to do a thing where every few days we check in with you we ask a few questions we see what's going on with the market so that you can tell people how you're investing our money so that they can do the same perfect what do you think about that that sounds good okay okay my question about that process, just for the beginners, the other beginners out there. Um, so are we going to be buying some sort of crypto and transferring that to you? Or are we just going to be giving you 5000 bucks in cash? How does that work? Yeah, how does that work? It's just going to sit in an account uh, that you guys own and we'll just, we'll just basically trade it using an API key. So I won't even touch your money. Uh, it's just a computer that's trading it all day long. What do you think about that, Bryn? I love it. Okay. This is a lot more like DraftKings than I thought. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. 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 So let's, let's figure out how much we want to give Maxwell. I, if I give you five grand, is that too low? Should I be giving you 10 grand? Like what should I be giving you? No, we're going to run what's called a, a managed account. So you're not actually going to be in the hedge fund. You know, you're so because because there's a bunch of rules and regulations. I mean, Chris knows this as a lawyer about, you know, being in a hedge fund and, you know, also doing a bunch of stuff on a podcast. Uh, but on the other side, that's why Chris is hey, say, hey, like, you know, this is not financial advice. I'm yeah. also not soliciting. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, anyone Nobody even knows your name. I, exactly. There you go. So um, but along the lines, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll put we'll put some uh, uh, some money in an account and I'll just trade it or I won't trade it. The computer, yeah, the computer will trade, the computer will it. trade yeah. it for you and then you'll get to see the results and uh and uh it's gonna be fun and interesting will you okay so so people can't they can't join us they will will they know a couple days after how how will they how can people join us because the whole point is publish the trade yeah you can absolutely publish everything yeah Yeah. all right so we'll have to publish it every couple days and let people know what's been happening yeah Yeah. all right so we'll get a website and we'll figure out how to make sure it's it's accessible to the people who are listening all right one more question follow our tiktok (laughs) (laughs) we will will trade and then we will dance (laughs) (laughs) nothing but bikinis all right so so today is november well let's november 2nd yeah november November 2nd. Yeah. In one year from now, is it possible that our 10,000 bucks will be $1 million? Um, it would be very difficult unless you're taking, unless you're crazy you're, risk, unless you're taking a crazy amount yeah. of risk. Yes. Okay. So what do you, what would you say 10 grand will be at the end of the year? Uh, we, we, we'd like to say, you know, our, our target is about 50 to 60% a year. Oh, so, 
Uh, you know, it's not bad. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, bad. like we're only yeah. putting up 10K. You know, <laughs> yeah. we had a little more, a few more resources. We might do better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I won't be able to feed my kids. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, in traditional investment, 56, 60% of your is crazy. I mean, this Correct. is why you go to a hedge fund instead of sticking with even the stock market, which has been unbelievable on an unbelievable path up. Uh-huh. Um, you're still multiplying that return markedly. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. In index funds and like everybody tells you to invest in index funds and like it, you know for the money that you want to keep and that you don't want to take any risk on, sure. But like this is the one thing I actually, always say is right. Like you know, you know, you can't really predict what kind of returns you'll get, but you can always uh, declare how much risk you'll take in the market. So down the road, right, like uh, if things are going well, if you want to take more risk, guess what? You can just you can turn, turn it up. up the gas yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah. And that's it. Oh, there's just some sort of physical knob we could just crank, huh? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have someone create it for us. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have somebody that's working with you that trades at a crazy risk level? Oh, absolutely. I, I know tons of people who do that. I mean, one of my one of my investors, he took $20 million, turned it into $500 million in two years. Well, so this guy, uh, the there's the, there was the guy who came out of the hedge fund world who just got taken down. Ar- Ar- was Archegos or what? What was yeah. the big family office? Yeah. Well, this guy had taken insane risk um, on public stocks, and all the big banks ended up having, as counterparties having to unwind a bunch of his trades. That's why Viacom CBS crashed as a stock because he had taken incredible positions. But he had turned, I think, like a hundred million dollars into like five billion in, correct, in a correct. couple of years, and then it all went away like that. I mean, and that's really the thing here, right? And in terms of investing, right, there's different levels of risk that you can take. Uh, and, and in this world, if you are expecting these kinds of returns, right, you have to also realize what the flip side is, which is, you know, you could lose everything. Right. Um, oh. you know, and, and, and if you're one of those traders and you've misrepresented anything in your dealings with those banks, you often go to jail. And <laughs> and then that's a big yeah. part of that's yeah. a big part of why, like, you know, when when I trade, right, I, I trade as a part of a hedge fund to also protect myself, because if, you know, if you ask Chris, you know, you know this, you know, the, uh, to be uh, basically an investor in a hedge fund. Right. You have to be accredited. You have, you you have to, to accre- yeah. you have to yeah. be accredited. Uh, you have to sign like uh, you have to read through a hundred pages of documents that you know every other sentence that says you could lose it. You could lose everything. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Like uh, yes. I've never been more excited to. <laughs> I've never been more excited to clean out my four hundred one k and risk it all. <laughs> Let's go. I'm going to Wells Fargo right now. <laughs> Bridge, did you want to say anything before we wrap it up? So yeah, after this, let's discuss exactly what the amount is. The next podcast will will reveal what we what we invest. All three of us. Okay, awesome. that sounds good. I, I, and listen, I know Chris, you 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 invest with a bunch of other people, right? I, I do. Okay, yeah, right, so. So maybe if Chris sees how successful we are, he'll join in. Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah, because, you know, he needs the money. Yeah. <laughs> Maxwell, I know when you were talking, my eyes were crossed half the time, but this was very informative. Yeah. I'm oh, not going to okay. lie. This Perfect. is actually some guy. No, he's, 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 he's great. He knows his stuff. Nice. Like, this is, yeah. Thank you. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you to Maxwell. Thank you, Chris Kelly. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you, Bryn. Uh, I think we're going to sh- end up calling the show. Quid pro crypto. I think like that's it. the right. I think that's okay. the right. Answer. Like it. I think that's Stop right answer. money. You sure yeah. you don't want to go bloods and cryptos? <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. This well, I already bought. I already bought the website. I so. just don't want either of them coming for their piece. <laughs> right. Like, right? Well, they got a lot. They got a lot of money, liquid. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. All right. We will try to check in with you guys every 48, 72 hours. Let you know what's going on with our money, and um, we'll figure out a place where people can submit questions, and we can throw them out. 
to uh, Maxwell and Chris and see their thoughts as well. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, folks. All right. All right. Nice. Good job. That was really good.